All right. Let's get into it, baby. What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Cultural Podcast. Sam and Amo coming at you. Hope you're all doing well. It is the 171st installment of the podcast. What's good, folks? I've been absent for a couple of weeks. Um, not to worry. It is Thursday, the 2nd of June, 2022, by the time this comes out. Not to worry. Um, we will have another episode coming out in a couple of days. So two episodes this week or two episodes in the coming few days. Um, so, so we're, you know, you're, 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 you guys are getting a bonus episode on the weekend. Uh, probably, probably on the weekend, which is already banked. So a little bonus incoming for you guys to uh, make up for the fact that we've uh, missed a couple of weeks. And then we'll be back uh, next week. But uh, it's not without good reason. It's not. You see, I haven't recorded for a couple of weeks because I've been down bad. You see, the crypto market's been down. And I have invested all of my life savings into cryptocurrency. I don't understand it, you see. Uh, some people have told me it's foolish. It's like gambling. I disagree because I hear people like Steve will do it. And the Nelk boys talk about how it's the future. And Gary V talks about how it's innovative and how you have to be ahead of the curve and to be an early adopter. So I have taken their advice in full stride. I've taken out all of the credit that I've had available to me, that I've had made available to me on all my credit cards and lines of credit. I've put in a cryptocurrency my um, entire life savings. All the money I've inherited, I have put in a cryptocurrency and it went down real bad last week. They call it a bear market. And uh, I have not had much motivation to do anything. I've been on the verge of uh, suicide. I have been drinking myself to sleep for several weeks because a couple of cryptos that I owned dropped uh, over 30% in a matter of days. And uh, I looked it up, and apparently this is completely normal. Um, I was told that it's a very safe investment option for the long term. That's what they've. That's what the experts say. That's what I have been uh, led to believe is it is a very safe measure of wealth, and it is very sustainable. And it's healthy. It's good for you to invest in crypto and deal with that kind of stress. It's okay. The human body can deal with that sort of thing. Because, you know, we used to hunt. And sometimes, some days, we, we wouldn't catch anything. And we wouldn't know if we were going to die, uh, if we were going to go hungry. Sometimes people wouldn't eat for two, three days. Sometimes your crypto may take a little bit of a dip and you think that you lost 50% of your net worth overnight. But we're back. The podcast is back because I'm in a good mood now because in recent days, it has rebounded. And they're saying we might be entering a bull market soon. So I have invested in meme coins, which I have been led to believe are the future, are sustainable, have very bullish um, roadmaps and 
And that's it. So now I'm up. I mean, I haven't withdrawn anything. So um, I haven't actually seen a cent of income. But I'm uh, on paper. It says right there that I am up now 10% of my net of my net worth. So that's good. That's very good. So we're going to we're going to podcast now again because I'm in a good mood now. And I haven't drank for uh 2 days. And I think this is going to be big because I'm in these uh telegrams, these telegram groups where a bunch of people just say Everyone in this group is such a chad, such chads, new chad. Anytime someone buys a new crypto, there will be like an automatic notification that somebody bought. People will hashtag new chad, new chad to the moon. So I feel great. I feel great being a part of this community. It doesn't matter when it goes down uh, and that I can't eat and that I can't um, support my, 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 my family. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I skip a few meals for a few days. I'm channeling my my ancestral DNA. So we're back. It's great to be back. It is Gay Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Um Yeah, man. I was thinking about this today. Do do transgenders get um do they get their own month or are they are they part is it like uh, the whole community, the whole rainbow? T- I think it's the whole rainbow this month. I think it's LGBT. I think that's what the T stands for, uh, Q plus, whatever the, the the rest of the alphabet that's part of that um, community. Um, I think they all get this month. Like, isn't it funny how, you know, and listen, I've come a long way. I've come a long way. You know, I think anyone should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want and live whatever kind of life they want. You know, I, I, I've become a lot more open-minded. Uh, you know, I mean, when you're a kid, you hear about some of this sort of thing. It, it, it's you know, people cutting off their dicks. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. It's a little bit jarring to read about when you're 15 years old, perhaps, and you don't really have the uh, critical thinking skills to understand it, <laughs> the phenomenon. Or you know, maybe you haven't met anyone like that. I went to a a Catholic all boys school that was not. A whole lot of, I mean, there was not an abundance of uh, of, of women. There, there was not. It was not a culture where um, my classmates talked about uh, the patriarchy much, or 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 you know, uh, their genitals. Really, nobody really discussed genitals at all. It was a lot of talk about God and sports. Uh, but I've matured, so you know, I I think I deserve a little pat on the back for that. But you know, I will say. I have a bit of a, I guess you would call this a piece of advice for the transgender community. And, you know, I know it's a hot button issue. It's become a bit hacky to talk about the transgender community. Um, but, you know, fuck it. I'll jump on the bandwagon, right? And this is a minority of people, but again, seems to dominate the uh, the culture, the discussion. So piece of advice haven't you guys noticed that transgender women so men that go that way and decide to you know they grow their hair out and do what they got to do go under the knife they look like a lady right 
So it used to be Kevin, now they're Kendra. They ask that you call them, you know, Kendra and that you refer to them by her, she. So that's a transgender woman. Um, have you noticed that a lot of them, they tend to go for very flamboyant names. A lot of Caitlin, Leah Thomas, that swimmer, you know, India. I think they'd be doing themselves a bit more of a favor if they went for really ugly female names. I think that would show that they're really leaning into it. It's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit, you know, cause, cause I almost want to change my name to something really flamboyant. Like it's almost cool. Think about it. Imagine if you could change your name to Roxana. Nobody ever changes their name to Greta or Gretchen or a name that you never want. Like if your name Gretchen, I mean, you hate your parents for that, right? You have to. No guy has ever said, dude, like, fuck it. I, I, I hope to marry a Gretchen. I mean, that's like if she's a bombshell and you hit it off, you find out her name is Gretchen. It's like, oh, shit. Well, I got to deal with this. I've got to roll with the punches here. She's a good person. And I'll look past the terrible name. Maybe I'll come up with a cute nickname. How great would it be if they started, they being transgender women, if they started to... You know, when they transition, they decide to change their name. They just lean into the ugliest names possible. I'm Susan. I'm Susan. Hi. Because <laughs> it's like they all want to go for porn star names. I noticed that. I don't know. It's like they want to have it all. They want to have the, they want to have the gender. They want to have the look. They want to have the pronouns. And they want the name too. I mean, take it all. Sure. You know. <laughs> you know. I haven't noticed. I, I don't know. If I were a woman and I were and I were switching over to the male side, if I were switching team, and I don't think that's switching teams. Isn't switching teams sexuality? I don't know. If I were a woman, I was becoming a man. I would do that too. I'd go for like you know, a crazy name. I'd go for like uh, like like Sunny Santino, right? Like a name out of The Godfather or something. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't ask to be called a uh, you know, Henry or something like that. You know, some pussy fucking ass name like that. I'd go for a. A really serious name, you know, Armando, you know, anyway, yeah, word of advice, I think that would actually help them uh, get a little bit of public favor, um, you know, if people are on the fence, maybe some far, you know, some far right Christian groups, maybe they'd be a little bit more into it if, you know, they were a bit more modest in their, in their name selection. I don't know. Just a random thought. This is the Calcio podcast. Let's talk a little Calcio, man. What, what what's going on? Do, do we care about uh, Do we care about Italy right now at all? By Italy, I mean not the country, but the, the the national team, the Azzurri. Do we care? Do we care about their upcoming matches in the Nations League against Germany and England, and I think Hungary? Do we care about what's going on in the next couple of weeks? Do we care about the fact that this month? Sam Adamo on the Calcio Podcast is going to have to try to talk about the Azzurri because it's the only football going on. And I still am helplessly in love with them, even though I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm in a bit of a rut, right? I don't really want to care about them right now. Uh, it feels weird to care because of the fact we missed the World Cup and it all feels pointless. Uh, do we care that there was a finalissima today, which is this new tournament, right? The Supercoppa between the champions of Europe and South America, does it all feel uh, a little bit silly? Does it all feel... Am I the only one 
who thinks that it's all kind of for nothing. These games all, you know, we could fucking we could fucking not show up and forfeit for all anyone cares. Does it feel as anticlimactic to you guys as it does for me? Um, I don't know. You would tell me. It's been a few months now of deliberating and, and crying and... Um, well, that's about it, really. And then occasionally flirting with the idea of getting recalled to a World Cup because apparently Ecuador is going to get kicked out for pulling a, a very third-world country move, uh, which is field a player who is ineligible, forge birth certificate, that sort of thing, right? True to tradition. Is Ecuador a third-world country, second-world? Whatever. You know, this type, the type of shit you'd expect to see out of Southeast Asia or Central African countries or some Central American, South American countries. You know, whatever. Places where uh, the paperwork may not be as airtight, perhaps. There was a Colombian player who apparently has been claiming to be Ecuadorian for all these years. Apparently, he's not the age he said he was. That's enough to get them... Uh, in some hot water because I think it means that any game he played in counts as a forfeit. So Chile would qualify uh, based on that rule. But there's a loophole that you would hope if FIFA have any, you know, <laughs> if they have any business sense at all, they're going to try to exercise, which is the highest ranked team according to the FIFA rankings, which is us, who is us, Italy, Yadzurri, we would get in based on that rule. Now it's unclear how they're going to how they're going to rule, but based on what we know, it's probably going to go to Chile. There's been a little bit of confusion. The president of CONI, the Olympic Committee in Italy, which basically runs all sport, came out and said, yeah, maybe there's a chance. Just talking out of his ass. And Gravina had to come out. The president of the Football Association, the Fijici, had to come out and clarify that there was a 0% chance, as he put it. Zero is what he said. 0% chance that we get recalled. Mancini then comes out yesterday and says, I'm reading about it. Maybe it'll happen. So so nobody knows, right? You have to think it's zero. You have to think that any games we're playing now, I mean, are, are, are just a slap in the face, just a cock slap in the face. A mandingo, giant-ass cock slap in the face. A Rocco Sifredi cock slap in the face. I'll keep naming porn stars. It's all of that, all right? It's a fucking bukkake from all of them. And you're just sitting there with your eyes open, burning. Make it stop. I don't want to keep playing these games. I don't. I don't want to watch games that I don't care about. I want to care about games. It's torture because I love competitive Azzurri matches, especially at the end of the season, at this, you know, in the summer. Five games, two weeks. You kidding me? I should be all over this. You know, and I will still talk about it because I'm 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 a glutton for punishment and I'm going to discuss the football that's going on and I'm still gonna watch the games. And hope to God that something interesting happens. I don't know what we're going to do in the Nations League. I don't know if Mancini's going to start playing some younger guys who he's called up. You know, Giorgio Chiellini played his last game today. Okay, fine. Great. It's kind of insane that he didn't call his career after lifting a trophy last year. But whatever. So after one disappointment of not qualifying for the fucking World Cup, losing to Macedonia, he decided that he's going to go out on another disappointment, which is losing an embarrassing game to Argentina, which again, a game that nobody really should give a shit about that we want to say is a Mickey Mouse trophy. But I mean, fuck, 100,000 people in that stadium packed to the brim and it's still a trophy, right? The players get to go home with a medal. wonder how that would have worked. Is it anyone that's called up or anyone that's just on the bench? It's a weird one, but whatever. Still, you want to win stuff like that. You're playing a competitive team. You're playing Argentina. 
Argentina wants to beat Italy. Italy wants to beat Argentina. This is a tradition going forward. That would be a really cool trophy for sure. Okay, now, but 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 it's again, it's hard to get up for. It's fucking hard to get up for when things look as dim and grim as they do. Grim, grim, dim, both, whatever. When things look as shitty as they do, it's very difficult to get up for these games. I remember feeling the same thing in the first games in 2018 after you know. Ventura had stepped down and Gigi Di Biagio was, was it Luigi Di Biagio? Yeah, fucking, I think he got appointed interim coach and then Mancini took over and then, I don't know, there were a few weird games in, in, in June of that year too. I remember Balotelli got called up. I think we played Saudi Arabia then. It was a weird, it was a weird time. It's a weird time now, but there are games that are hypothetically competitive that should affect coefficient and ranking, y you know. Where does this end? Where's the bleeding stop? You know, England and Germany are in, in, in a great mood right now. They got World Cups to look forward to this year. Do they roll us over? You know, do they roll over us in our, you know, in our, in our emotionally fragile state as we are right now? Because again, we still have a good team, right? We have good players. I think we have to kind of regroup a little bit mentally, definitely. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of that's on the manager, but you could see us, despite the fact that we have a relatively talented side still could see us maybe crumbling in these Nations League games and then what you get relegated from the Nations League group again I know it's not the fucking end of the world no one really gives a shit about that but that affects your coefficient ranking too do we even qualify for a World Cup if our ranking falls a few coefficient points in September when they make the decision I, I don't know I, I I don't know but it's 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 uh it's a strange thing to watch because it all feels like it's again anticlimactic it all feels like it's for nothing I mean terrible game today against Argentina it probably would have been worse if we had just rolled over them and then we just creamed Germany and England and, and Hungary and we just won five games this month and we looked like really cohesive that would have almost been worse right because then it'd be like holy fuck like we just dropped the ball in that one little stretch against Switzerland and then qualifying Northern Ireland Macedonia no this looks like it's kind of like a little bit deeper, which is to say, like, that team that won the Euro, it was probably about the most they could have done. Mancini probably got the most out of a lot of those players, and it's time for some of them to move on, just so that we could kind of keep the keep the train moving, you know? But but it's really tough, you know? When a lot of the players aren't washed, when it's only been a few months, naturally you're going to defer to them, the guys you trust. It's a really weird one. Say we make the World Cup now as a, you know, as a, as, as a, as a bureaucratic thing, right? You know? Paperwork is filed and we get in, right? Because Ecuador gets kicked out and they decide, they being FIFA, they, they somehow elect that the most fair and appropriate replacement is us. It's not going to happen, okay? Let's call a spade a spade. It's not going to happen, but let's say hypothetically it were to happen. Would it even be good? Would it even be good if we went to the World Cup? Let's just, so, so Leonardo Bonucci could stay on? I think just start the project now. Fuck whatever happens. Or do we wait till September to really restart the project when the players have been rested? Who the fuck knows, man? I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you wait till 2023, till the qualification campaign for the next Euro? I think anyone that's young and Italian that's getting minutes in Serie A has to get a look in. Straight up. Call them up. Do what a lot of other uh, countries do. Do what France does, do what England does, do what Germany does. Giorgio Scalvini... Another center back named Giorgio. Have him replace fucking Giorgio Chiellini. Fucking insert him with Alessandro Bastoni. One's 18. You know, 
The other's 22, 23. That works. Roll with it. Roll with it. You know, give him, give him a, a nod. Show him confidence. A lot of managers in Italy do not do that. But look, like you see it pay off sometimes. I mean, Zaniolo's been a mainstay for a few years now in Serie A. He got, you know, he got his start when he was 18, 19 years old. And that's good. It's when you need to be kind of coming into the fray. So, let's see. I mean, look, I, I, I don't know. I was gonna, I was gonna mock this finalissima. I was gonna fucking do a whole, do a whole shtick about it, sarcastically. But, 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 but I care. I still care. You know, what do, you, what do you want from me? I still care. I still care. All right. So, um, we'll see how these Nations League games go. I suppose uh, next week we'll have a little bit more to break down, and I guess the week after that we'll still have more games to break down. Then we'll kind of get a more, you know, final rendering on 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 what the uh, outlook is, you know. But ultimately, you got to think that the entire group is just a mess right now. You have a lot of young kids who are kind of like coming into it for the first time that are part of the current crop that got called up, and you have these veterans who have been part of the team who are maybe a bit fucking traumatized. And the weird thing, like like the weird thing is. That, I don't even know if I'd. I don't even know if I'd want to go to the World Cup, uh, you know, without actually having formally qualified. It'd be embarrassing, bro. You know, and yet I would take it. Of course, I would take it. You want to be at the World Cup, but it's like, bro, like, it would almost be the worst thing ever for us to go and then like kind of go like with our tail between our legs, you know, a little bit sheepishly. What then? We don't get out of a group. Christ, like, who the fuck knows? Do we keep the same players? <laughs> you know, does Bonucci stay on? Does Chiro Immobile still get a get a look at like again? We lack a lot going forward, that's for sure. And I, you know, everyone everyone talks about how we don't have a striker, we don't have a a creative striker. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's necessarily true. We have strikers that can finish. We just have an issue linking up in the final third. It's weird. It's not good. Without Chiesa, we're really uh, bereft of ideas, man. Again. So we'll, 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 we'll kind of check in on this in the next week. But yeah, finalissima 3-0 win for Argentina. 3-0 loss uh, for Liazzurri. A little bit of an unlucky first half, I suppose. But really, I mean, we just, we just fucking... We, 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 let them, we let them come at us. You know, they have very good creative attacking players. And they, they showed uh, re really what you can expect from a lot of top sides of the World Cup, right? So... No, you got to give them credit, but you got to look at how we played today and say, "Holy fucking shit! This is not like this is not. This is not a special. This is not a great look. It's not. Again, no one cares that it's a to it's a trophy that no one really, you know, gives much weight to. But, but it's still a, a bad game, and I don't know what's worse: a great game if we had won three 0 or if we had lost three 0 which we did. I don't know what's worse. I, I truly don't. Because one is more of a fucking tease, right? If we had won 3-0, it would have been a huge tease. It's like, holy shit, this, this team could compete with some of the best in the world still. And hence are one of the best in the world, right? Then you lose and you think, okay, well, blank slate, you know, restart, new project. Neither feels especially good. The solution is to not talk about it and to not even watch. No, naturally, I still will. I assume a lot of you still will. And I'm still going to talk about it because it's interesting, I guess, to me, somehow, even though it's painful. Truly.
I, I don't mean that to be dramatic. I mean, like, it, it's, it's, it's not fun to talk about. It's not pleasant to discuss right now. We're out of a World Cup. The only way we get into a World Cup is through the back end because some fucking, some fucking, you know, some dude lied about his age. That won't even happen. But if it were to hypothetically happen, that would be the only way in. I mean, neither feels good. Either is embarrassing. And it all feels for nothing to, 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 to play games now. And yet we have to. And yet we have to get up for it. It's, it's like torture <laughs> in some ways as, 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 as a fan. I would submit to you it's a worse spot to be in than like, I don't know. Bulgaria, a country who never qualify for World Cups, barely ever qualify for major tournaments. Like, at least they don't have high expectations. When you have high expectations and you don't meet them, it's really bad. It's not normal that we miss World Cups. Again, a little bit unlucky. That's sport. Jorginho shouldn't have taken those penalties. He did. This is what it is. But the only time we've ever really missed a World Cup prior to these last two cycles was when like most of the squad was decimated in a plane crash a few years before in the 40s and 50s when we didn't qualify for a World Cup in 1958, which was, know your history, folks. That was a terrible decade for Italian football because the Torino side that perished in the 1940s, it might have been 1949. I mean, that was basically most of the Italian national team. We had won two World Cups in the 30s. The war happened post-war that Granata side, that Torino side, the Grande Torino side, or the Gran Torino side, whatever the, whatever the correct term is, that side that died in that plane crash was like the best team in Italy, the best team in Europe, maybe. And it, it took a significant amount of recovery after that. You know, like, what's the excuse now? I mean, Ventura just fucking completely screwed up and there was a big transition occurring at the time. Mancini had a decent side. We should have made it. That was bad luck. Maybe, you know, I guess in the Switzerland games, but a lot of it is just pressure and not being able to cope with incredible amounts of pressure. Knowing that if you miss this penalty, you don't automatically qualify for the World Cup. If you do score it, then you make it. Again, you're a professional. Okay, you got to score that shit, but you're a human being too. Jorginho Frello has missed a couple of very crucial penalties for us now. Maybe it's not his forte like we thought it was. Maybe he's good in, in training and the run-up is cute, but maybe when it comes time for a decisive pen, maybe it, just, maybe it just doesn't work. Maybe he's unlucky. Who the fuck knows? But yeah, that's it, man. That's where we're at. But uh, otherwise, bro, I mean, congrats to Milan. Scudetto winners, what are you going to do? Genaletti's very happy. Uh, Milanist, you're very happy, understandably so. Um, and, and, and look, it's very well deserved. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they barely slipped up. It's beautiful to see Zlatan win because happy Zlatan is fun. He should retire too. It doesn't look like he will, but he should. His knees are shot. Um, but yeah, pure, fucking purely, man. Like, who would have thought? Who would have thought that he would be able to win a Scudetto a, a few short years ago. I mean, he was he was just a, another run-of-the-mill kind of middling coach in Italy who was just part of the rotation 
for a lot of mid-table sides, maybe you'd sneak in for a side that would challenge for Europe if you were him, right? Those were the types of sides you would coach. And then Milan, who were in trouble, brought him on and it, it just gelled. A lot of credit has to go to Maldini, bro. And, you know, Boban, who built that project, you know, you got to love Mas Mirabelli from a few years ago, uh, from the Yong Hong Lee days, coming out taking credit for it. I love that. It's very Calabrese of him. It's very Southern Italian of him to come out and say that, hey, you, you know, I had some part in this too. Um, <laughs> it's, it's great to see Milanisti implode anytime he opens his mouth now. People are like, why is he still getting interviewed? Uh, very fun to see the uh, side hold up a sign that said stick the Coppa Italia up your ass referring to Inter on the team bus during the celebration apparently there were rumors that the Fiji last week launched an investigation into it which uh, Nick made me laugh about Genaletti made me laugh uh, when he he I believe he tweeted out I think he tweeted this he said uh, what are they going to do what are they going to do they're investigating it. what are they going to do they're going to read the sign harder which is a very good, which is a very good point. And the sign says what it says. You gonna you gonna find them or not? Let them have fun. You know, gives a shit. Let the let the kids play. Let boys be boys. But um, <laughs> that that by the way that that applies to in all cases. You know, let boys be boys. If they if they if they fucking if they you know if they roofie and uh, and gang bang a cocktail waitress in a club in in. In Parma, let boys be boys. Doesn't matter. It applies across the board. No, but um, look, man. Inter could have won that title very easily. I mean, if it weren't for that fucking Radu mistake a few weeks ago, I mean, they were there. They might have done it. Um, but you know what? What can you say? Like, it still went down to the last day, which is great. It's pretty much all you can ask for. It, it would have been more exciting if Milan had kind of slowed up I guess but they had a very good first half against Sassuolo and they killed off the game right away good for them right the rumors on the Bastoni could be leaving Inter unclear of what's going to happen but uh you know that that'd be really cool you know if you went to Man City to play under Pep and sit on the bench with Nathan Ake that'd be great you know that'd be a great move for him in 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 his career at 23 years old just stop playing that'd be excellent um but yeah, look, like, I will say, like, Inter could probably get Paolo Dybala, which would make, I think he is going to Inter, by the way, which would be very interesting next season because Juve looked to be reinforcing in a few key areas to Di Maria as a guy who not a lot of people are, um, I guess, convinced of because of his advanced age, but he's still elite. He's still very creative. He's got a couple of good years left. Fuck it, bring him on. Uh, looks like Paul Pogba's coming back which is encouraging. It looks like there might be a bit of a move to you know, play some of the younger players in midfield and it'd be interesting to see if any of them pan out. Some of them may just go on to be career city of B players, but you know, you never know. Give it a try. Seems to be an openness to willing to, you know, or a willingness to do that. Um, some dead weight has been let go of. Uh, Bernardeschi, who I'm fond of, but who I think needs to move for his own career, is on the move. De Chilio should be renewing, so brilliant. Uh, just what the doctor ordered, but um, like, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, I think if 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 Inter get Dybala, it'd be very interesting for the league next season, and and and, and that's it. But I think Dybala needs to fire his agent, bro. I mean, holy shit, he had like a ten million euro a year offer on the table, 
And now he's signing for, this was at the start of the year. He had a 10 million year, a 10 million euro a year offer on the table, I think, net. And he's now signing for five at Inter. So not good. Not good if you're Paolo Dybala. You could have signed for more money at Juve. And Juve just kind of told him to fuck off because he was, I mean, he wasn't having a great season and he was kind of dicking around the negotiation. So he bet on himself and lost. I actually don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that he's leaving. A lot of Juventini a couple weeks ago, because again, we haven't potted for a while. A lot of Juventini were very upset when he played his last game. I got to be honest, I don't feel it as a Juventino. I like him. I mean, I like the idea of him. I like the image of him in his shirt. You know, he looks good. It looks good on him. Number 10, he's, a, you know, the kid. But what are you going to do? Like, like, like he's sad because he's leaving and he realizes what, that, that it all could have been saved if he had only signed the contract at the start of the year. He's crying. Come on. Cry me a river, bro. Fuck, you know. Anyone crying when they leave a club too. Like Lorenzo Insigne, I get. But it's like, bro, I don't know. I wouldn't be mad at Lorenzo Insigne if I was a Napoli fan because I understand you're going to make the bag in Toronto. You've won a European championship. You're 31 years old. Or you're about to be 31 years old. You know, go, go get paid. I get it. But it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not like he was going to have to play for free, you know, on the contract that De Laurentiis was going to offer him. For him to be crying, okay, I get it. You know, he's very, he's very attached to that club in that city. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's strange when footballers cry when they leave a club. To go sign for another club when they could have signed for the club that they're leaving. You know, it's like, okay, it's like, it's, and look, they're human beings. They could still be sad that they're leaving somewhere that they're close to, but it still feels weird. Like, let me put it this way it's not very relatable for a fan. How's that? How's that? Like, I get it, I understand why they're doing it. I think it's a little bit of a hard sell. When, uh, you know, for a fan, when a fan sees that, it's a little like, hey, you know, suck my dick. What are you going to do? You, you, you're going to cry because you're going to leave and get paid more money elsewhere. But like at least in Zinia's case, there's a little bit of like a territorial attachment there. What the fuck has Paolo Dybala done at Juve? He's going to sign for Inter and he's crying because he's leaving Juve. I mean, I can't wait to see all the Juventini implode when he does sign for Inter. It's going to be hilarious. It's, I mean, what, what are they going to do? These people are fucking like, these people are crying along with him, dedicating posts to him. Farhad from Turin Giants. I mean, if you're a Juventino, check out TurinGiants.com. Buy their merch. I just bought um, the Andrea Pirlo one in the latest drop. It's fucking unreal. But like like Farhad, Farhad released a, a Paolo Dybala one. Why? He's going to sign for Inter. I told him that. Like, I mean, at that point, I think he had already... I think the shirts were already in development, so it was too late. But 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 you get my point. People are buying them. Why? He's about to fucking sign for another team in the same country. It's odd. It's strange. Um. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy I don't have to watch City for a little while. It was a weird end of the season. You know, as a Juventino, I wasn't into it anymore. And I'm happy I don't have to hear fucking Manuel Pascali speak it anymore. It, it is funny how, I don't know if, he only is on the Fubo coverage um, in Canada. I think he might be on the global English coverage of most games. Funny how an Italian accent doesn't lend itself very well to the ear when it's mixed with a Scottish accent. Isn't that funny? Manuel Pascali played, I think, for Kilmarnock in Scotland for uh, for a couple of years. And he comes back to Italy, but he, he can't really speak English. But we try to do this thing. 
you where he speaks like it's like Scottish and Italian. I don't know how to speak, and it's terrible. Right? Fucking easy. I think he's an Interista as well. So he always fucking I don't know. Any any time Juve gets scored on, he loses his mind. Not being able to listen to that for a few months. <laughs> I, I, honest, I understood nothing that that guy was saying all year. Anytime he would open his mouth, it was a real fucking struggle. And I just, I, I think a lot of people didn't even realize that they didn't understand him most of the time. I think it was just like a quiet acknowledgement that, okay, this Italian guy is speaking and, you know, he, he's Italian and he was probably a player or something. He was. I think a lot of people didn't know who he was. So they just might have assumed that he was a player and assumed some kind of like reverend expertise there. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, like, <laughs> very happy. I don't have to listen to that motherfucker anymore for a little while. But no, it was it was a funny end of the year for Juve. You know, they uh, they played that game against Lazio a few weeks ago when Lazio qualified for Europe uh, by by I, by I believe beating us or equalizing late on. I think they might have beat us. It was a couple weeks now, I don't fucking remember. But it was Gellini's last game. He's go, you know he gets the lap of honor, fucking crying and clapping. Dybala lap of honor, crying clapping. Meanwhile, there's still a game going on. Fucking Zakanian, Milinkovic, Savic launched a counterattack the other way. Milinkovic scores. That was very funny. And I gotta say, it felt very appropriate to see Maurizio Sarri chewing on cigarette butts, losing his mind at U.S. Stadium, just fucking putting his arms out, woo, and running to celebrate with his teammates, with his teammates, excuse me, with his with his players, with his team, uh, for qualifying for Europe. For like the Europa League. That felt, or whatever it was. Was it Europe or the Europa League? What they qualified for. They wound up qualifying for, qualifying for the Europa League uh, when the season ended. I don't know if that game got them in the, the Europa League mathematically. It might have. But that felt appropriate. That was like, you know what? Okay, Sarri's found his level. This is good for him. This uh, this feels right. This feels very right. Uh, meanwhile, fucking Roma winning a conference league, going nuts. That feels right too. That feels very right too. Mourinho very happy. <laughs> He, Mourinho's is very shameless. He, I gotta say, he, like he, he'll chalk this up as one of the best. He'll he'll say it was one of the best seasons of his life as a manager. You know, and they finished what like sixth, right? So didn't attain the goal in the league, but they won a trophy, right? It's a trophy for Eastern European countries, but it's it's a trophy, right? Zaniolo scored the one goal. It's been a lot of fun to see Zaniolo celebrating on the team bus. I gotta say, he's 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 one of the boys, isn't he? He's a, he's just fucking he's just he's he's a a very simple guy you know <laughs> just, just can't can't keep his dick in his pants fucking just fucking anything that moves and uh, you know you know baby mama drama with one ex uh, you know anyway it's been pretty funny the last week so, so somehow this, this became a thing in case you missed this this became a meme in the last week is now that Roma fans claim through song. So chanting, they'll 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 chant that Erfio de Zaccagni de Zagnolo. Zaccagni's kid is Zagnolo's because of course they used to, you know he used to off the same lady that uh Zaccagni knocked up. Her name's Chiara Nasty. She's uh she is a nasty fucking trashy woman, a young lady, uh who who's an Instagram influencer from Naples. <laughs> With comically fake breasts, and uh, you know she's probably had lofty ambitions of dating a footballer for a very long time and and being famous and and, and I don't know the reason I think that is because I I believe she was I believe people were trying to fuck her before she was even eighteen. <laughs> like, 
like it was it's one of those she was getting interviewed by like magazines back then i think she was a blogger or something so so whatever okay her look isn't very tasteful it's not for me let's put it that way okay um not for me she's uh she's a hero though she's a fucking legend so she came out she came out i think she answered someone she's gonna make a great mother she's very very mature <laughs> very poised I think she answered uh, someone on Instagram in a comment who asked her take on some of the singing from the Roma fans about, you know, whatever, the implication that her unborn son is Zaniolos. She said something along the lines of, fucking, you guys all, you you guys are all a joke and that guy's got a, you know, he has a small dick. She called him a gamberetto, a, a shrimp. But referring to his his manhood. Basically, so she, she came out and said he's got a small cock, which is savage. Because it could be true, it could not be. There's no coming back from that. There's no coming back from that, right? There isn't. It's a bit of a tough look. It's like, what, what were you doing all those months with him, lady? You know, you were with him until he knocked someone else up. It's not like you know, you were so dissatisfied that you 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 saw it, you sought it elsewhere. I mean, so it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work. But it kind of does because when you throw out the small dick argument, when you just do, when you just stick your your thumb and your index finger together, right? When you do that, as a woman, you win. You win the argument. So there's not really much coming back from that. I mean, to be fair, like <laughs> I saw someone made me laugh on Instagram. Italian comments on Italian accounts are, are, are way better than a fucking. American ones, they're, they're kind. Of, it's kind of like English banter, but in Italian, really. But it's even better, I would argue. Uh, some meme account I follow posted about it. Uh, some meme account I follow posted like a a lyric from a song, and through the lyrics, like the genius lyrics, right? They kind of like use Photoshop to put it to put them like over an image of Daniolo lifting the Nations League trophy, <laughs> and. The lyrics to the song in question were some rap song, I think. And the lyrics were, Oi cazzetto, chiedelo al mio ex. I have a small dick, ask my ex, is what the quote was. Uh, so, if someone wants to ruin me, someone could just chop that up and just me saying that out of context. I have a small dick, ask my ex. But, um, no, like, so, so, so that was funny in and of itself. But then someone commented, like, bro, like, what do you expect, man? Expect me to have a fucking club on me. I'm young, rich, and talented, and good looking, and I'm supposed to have a big dick too. That was so. That was that was funny. <laughs> and someone, and someone else said, someone else commented. It's a very weird thing on to be talking about in a podcast. I guess it's kind of weird radio, but but I just found this funny. One guy commented, "Dam mi figa, dam mi culo, dam mi piedi, e dam mi conference league." <laughs> Give me pussy, give me ass, give me feet, and give me conference league. Because <laughs> it is, it is like, I, I don't know. I, I love the Roma. I love the Romanisti just leaning into the fucking conference league celebration. Because why the fuck not? Why not? It's a reason to celebrate and get drunk. It's a reason to have a parade. It's something, you know. I, you know, would you have a parade if you won the Coppa Italia? Maybe. Okay, so this is kind of like that. It's a thing. You know, it's not like you're having a fucking. It's not like you're having a parade for winning a, a super cup or something. So anyway, I mean, yeah, you know, it was a good city last season overall. Venezia went right down. They're done. They're toast. You know, 
I wonder how long that that marketing guy is going to stay on. It'll be really interesting to see the, the the tone of the English Twitter account just shift next season when that guy fucks off because he will. I mean, he almost certainly will. Um, if he doesn't, I would argue they're probably going to get even more annoying because they're going to be a little bit comfortable in City of B. There's not going to be an expectation that they go down from City of B. So I think they're going to just lean into the cult like club thing. They're going to lean into that whole that whole hipster <clears throat> hipster image even more. I, and I think they're just going to try to become like like fucking like culturally relevant, right? As like a club with a cult following. That's what I think. I'm going to start calling Venezia a cult. That's what I'm going to do from next season. If I see that that same guy is still running their Twitter account, that douchebag from New York. I'm 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 gonna start calling them a cult. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, but yeah, man. So you know what else in other news? Uh, oh, bro, do you guys see what happened with uh, Idrissa Gay or Guay? Idrissa Guay. Let's call him Idrissa Gay because it's funnier. It's Gay Pride Month, and it's funnier for the uh, the context of the story. It is Gay Pride Month, so let's talk about this story coming out of France. Uh, Idrissa Gueye, the midfielder, the Senegalese midfielder from PSG, a few weeks ago refused to uh, wear the rainbow-colored jersey that PSG was wearing for a match in Ligue 1. So he asked to be benched. He asked to be. He asked to be scratched. He asked to not dress. So I think someone, somebody shrewd, caught on to it because. They realized that last year the motherfucker did the same thing and he had a mysterious injury for that for the gay pride game last year. <laughs> and I think they were they might have been in a title race last year and he still didn't care. He was like, no, not doing it. Not doing it. Uh, so I think someone put two and two together and accused him of wanting to be out of the match day squad because he didn't want to wear the jersey. And I think Pochettino, the coach, came out and said that he wasn't in the match day squad for personal reasons. Now, this is funny. This is very funny to me, okay? Not because homophobia is funny to me, not because a guy didn't want to stand up uh, against uh, homo, uh, you know, homophobia. I don't give a shit about that. I don't give a shit about what a guy decides to do or not. Now, he said he didn't want to do it, wear the jersey that is, because it's in conflict uh, with his Islamic religion. That's what he claims. He claims that uh, homosexuality does not jive well with Islam it's not by the you know whatever it's not by the book I don't I don't know whatever I think it's very frowned upon still in Senegal and um he didn't want to be a part of it so he wanted to take a stand he decided that that was the stand he wanted to take so whatever I gotta say I respect his resolve because I would have a lot less moral compass than him I would not be able to uh do that sort of shit I mean like dude like he gets paid four million euro a year net you have any idea what I would do for 4 million euro a year? I would almost suck the president's dick if he asked. I might. I'd have to think about it. 4 million euro a year. I might pimp myself out. I swear to God. For 500,000 euro a year, I might come out and say the Nazis weren't that bad. You have any idea like how much less it would take for me to compromise my morals? Like like dude, like like, like again, I'd probably just wear a gay pride shirt even if I was a Muslim. For free, if it meant I got to play in five minutes of a top flight match in Europe because it's my dream, he doesn't give a shit. He's a fuck. I gotta say, like, Bella Vita, man. You get paid a few million euro a year 
to play top flight football in England and France in his case for a few years and all of a sudden you forget that you used to be playing football in Senegal running away from fucking hyenas. Bro, that's it. That's all it took. A few years for him playing in the top flight, and he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care anymore. Ah, I'll stop if I have to. I'm not compromising my faith. You imagine, like, nobody in North America really, really dies for their religion anymore. I mean, you have a few, you have a few Bible thumpers in the U.S. still. But I got to say, it's not, really, it's not really the norm. It's not really the norm anymore. Apparently, it's very normal in Africa for them still to do this sort of thing. Very devoutly Christian, very devoutly Muslim. Your religion is still very important there because they have nothing else. You see, they have because life is so terrible over there. They have no other hope, so they just defer to God, right? That's why. That's why. That's, that's what I think, right? If you don't have, if you don't have drinkable water, right? But you have God, you know, it's it's almost like it's almost like the it's almost like the governments that probably push religion on people. Talk to your God. Talk to your God about this. You know, talk to your God about this issue. Yeah, you're hungry. Yeah, you're skinny. You have fucking 8% body fat and not in a healthy way, right? Yeah, you know, half the town has malaria. But talk to your God about it, you know. It's a little funny though, bro. Like, bro, come on, man. Is he from, is he from Senegal? Is he like one of those? Maybe he's not really from Senegal. Maybe he's one of those guys that is Senegalese but is like from France, so he's a little bit softer. Let me look this up. Idrissa. Okay. I think he's born in Senegal. Dude, he's born in Dakar. He's born in Senegal, man. Come on, that's like my dog. I, listen, my dog is a little bit soft. He's only ever drunk. He's only ever had fucking filtered water from like the filtration system on our fridge. That's all he's drank. So it's like if I give him what tap water, he's gonna like start. <laughs> he's gonna look at me like, "Hey, what is this, buddy? What are you doing?" It's like, "Hey, but dude, don't forget the squalor, okay? That I rescued you from, okay? You were fucking." With a bunch of other little fucking puppies and a breeding farm. I saved you from that. A little bit of reverence, you know? A little bit of reverence. We're paying you 4 million euro a year. Compromise your morals. What is this? It's very funny that his name is Gay, though, too. I mean, so, so what are you going to do? Like, if you want to come out in, in support of him, which I think a lot of Senegalese teammates did, what are you going to do? You hashtag, I am gay. Like, like, like sometimes the universe just gives you one on a platter, man. Like it's, it's that, it's that, it's that easy. Uh, but, but yeah. Oh man, man. Mario Balotelli scored five goals <laughs> in a game in Turkey last week, and one of them was a Rabona. <laughs> he would have made. He would have fucking made the World Cup squad, wouldn't he have? If we had made it. Oh my god, he's gonna play at the World Cup this year. We're gonna make it, aren't we? We're gonna qualify through the fucking back door. Someone at FIFA is going to say, hey, it makes sense to bring Italy in. And Mario Balotelli's going to fucking get a sneak. He's going to get a shot in. He's going to go back to Monza and play for Berlusconi in Serie A. He's going to score a few goals and Mancini's going to call him up. Monza got promoted, baby. I mean, what an upgrade on Venezia that is. Berlusconi and Galliani are back in the league. Berlusconi's falling asleep during promotion playoff games. He's 87 million years old, but he's still banging models and he's still... He still looks like a spry young thing. He do, honestly, he doesn't look like he's aged a fucking day since he's <laughs> since he turned 70. And he's back. He's fucking back. How electric is that going to be? I cannot fucking wait. Um, yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't fucking wait for that. Uh, so on the last podcast, 
I did a little riff about Laval in Montreal. My father listened to the podcast. He made me laugh. He was saying, uh, you know, it's it's a little vitriolic. This whole this whole Laval rant. It's 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 a little it was a little much. You sounded a little you sounded a little vitriolic. You sounded like you you sounded like you, you genuinely hated them. No, I don't. I don't. I was just saying that people in Laval can't read. That's all I was saying. And I mean, I did call a random establishment of my choosing, and I, I did rattle off a word, a very short word, a four-letter word, slot, and he couldn't spell that. I mean, he kind of proved my point. He kind of proved my point. I had to take that video down off of TikTok, unfortunately, because Apollo didn't want his parents to see him vaping, uh, and he didn't think he looked pretty. I thought he looked great, but... What are you going to do? Uh, it went relatively viral on TikTok for Sam, for the cultural podcast. Like 6,000 views in like a day. People seem to agree. The Montrealers seem to agree with that one. You know, but but, but, but it's, it's, it's all in jest, man. You know, like it's not because I hate Lavallers. I just hate my own people. That's all it is. I just hate my own people. Uh, I, I Yeah, you, you know, but I love them at the same time. We're, we're very... Um, Sono molto simpatici. What's the word? Very sympathetic, I guess, right? They're very, uh, they're very, they're very easy to like. It's just they're also very easy to poke fun at, you know. And and, and and that's okay. That's okay. That's all we're doing here. That's all we're doing. It's not vitriolic. It's just that I can't stand to hear them speak because they sound illiterate. And I wish to God that they would just fucking. Pay their taxes. That's all I want. Like, look, I I actually came across, okay, I don't know where I came across this. I think it was in a, it was in, no, it was my girl. Okay, so so my girlfriend, when she was a, when she was a kid, when she was like five, six years old, what Paula did was she used to like cut out like from magazines and make like collages and I think she, so whatever, like magazines about the stuff she liked. So like, you know, music or fucking Hillary Duff and fashion and um, homes, houses. I think so. I came across this. I was at her grandmother's house a couple of weeks ago and we came across this old collage she made, okay, where she ripped out pages from advertisement from a real estate developer, okay, who had a new build in Laval, in Laval, Quebec from maybe about 20 years ago. 15 years ago, maybe, a new build at the time. And they named some of the houses as you know, that, that were part of this project. The names, I wrote these down, okay? The Tuscany, the Milan, the Sorrento. That's who you're targeting in Laval. That's all I'm saying, all right? When I say it's the Long Island of Montreal, I can't really illustrate it anymore clearly than that. You kind of have to understand a bit of the nuance of Long Island, okay? But it's a lot of like Long Island median types, okay? A lot of Jersey Shore types, a lot of snookies who were like, I'm Italian, right? I'm going to live in the Sorrento house. You know, it's got a lot of Carmela Sopranos who don't speak with a Jersey accent. They just speak with a Laval Montreal accent or an East End Montreal accent who were like, yeah, we, uh, we're living in the Tuscany house, it's uh, 
mean, I like uh, Tuscany. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of Italy, and it makes them feel refined, even though they're, the, you know, they're their fucking husbands get paid in cash and don't pay tax on anything, right? That, that's all. That's all I'm saying, you know? That's all. That's all, bro. Like, if there was one, like, so, so let me do this way. You know how, like, women that work in a salon, like a salon's assistant, right? The woman that might wash hair, right? Like the 22-year-old broad that's got a, a kid with a guy in prison. Okay, you know how those women are people you generally want to run from, like, the plague? Okay? Think that's a pretty universal truth anywhere. If you're in Montreal, okay, and you meet, one such lady, right, a hairdresser's assistant who washes hair and she's got a kid with an ex-con, whatever, or a fucking guy in jail, and she's from Laval, the fact she's from Laval is almost as much of a red flag as everything else. That's all I'm saying. Now, I kind of like that, personally. Personally, I would be very open to uh, being in a committed relationship with someone like that. I mean, my girlfriend is not from there, but culturally, she's not that far off. Now, her family's a little more classy. She's a little bit more, she, she's well-raised, but I mean, she's got a lot. She's got like an aunt there. She spent a lot of time there. I kind of like a bit of the Laval crazy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not coming out against them. I'm just saying it's a thing that exists. It's a thing that exists. You know, I was at, like, I was at, like a few days after that pot, I was out at a dinner for somebody's birthday party uh, at a club with a bunch of Laval Wops. And we had a grand old time. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun because, you see, uh, this club, we had a reservation for at nine. It was a supper club. And now, when I go clubbing, I hadn't, I hadn't been clubbing in several years. And and, and I got to say, I actually went again the following weekend, but I, I, I that, that took a lot out of me. Like, I think I'm done for like another three years, Okay. Dude, I, we had a reservation at 9 o'clock, okay? We ordered food. They fucking served it to us at midnight. So we have French-Canadian ladies twerking on the booths around us in the dark with fucking the bass resonating in our skull while we're all fucking eating steak in the dark. <laughs> like ever, you know, the men are kind of rolling with it. We're all kind of rolling with the punches, but the women are especially annoyed, right? Yeah, we're all wops, right? So the, the 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 Italians are all sitting and eating at fucking midnight in a club. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was weird it was weird too. They just had us crammed into like this one corner, sitting in a booth. And at one point I uh I noticed that like the corner the corner booth spot was uh up against like a mirror. So if I sat into that spot of the booth and I leaned back, I leaned back. I looked around the fucking club with the mirror behind me. It was like that scene out of Scarface where Tony Montana's in that club, you know, he's fucking, he's fucking by himself in the booth, smoking a cigar. He's, you know, so I was, I was doing that. I was just doing that like as a joke, you know, I'm Tony Montana, man. Just a past time while we were waiting for our food. You know, being in a club is a bit weird. You know what I mean? Like being in a club with your ladies a little strange. Like, like you can't enjoy yourself. I, I don't really drink a whole lot. I didn't drink at all that night because I'm like, nah, I got to be fucking sharp. Something happens or something kicks off. I had a feeling something was going to kick off. It didn't, luckily, but I had a feeling something might kick off. 
I just got, I'm sitting in the corner like Tony Montana, fucking arms extended, just watching my girlfriend dance, just making sure nothing fucking stupid happens, making sure nobody comes and busts her balls. Because if I do, fuck, I got to get up and I got to go fucking, hey, get the fuck out of here, you know? It's what it is. So it's hard to have a good time. But, you, you, you know, it was all right. You know, it was all right. It was all right. But I didn't post about it. That's the thing. Anyone who posts when they club, like, here's the thing. I, I'm not proud to be clubbing. I'm ashamed to be clubbing. I, I, I'm embarrassed about it. I'm embarrassed to be clubbing. I'm not going to post about it. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. We went again the following weekend to Insieme, an event which I had never been to because of its reputation for, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, you go there before you're, you go there with a fake ID, right? Generally, all right? It's just a thing in Montreal, like, like a lot, a lot of very young, it's a very young crowd, all right? But uh, the Bruzzese brothers were over from Toronto. They got put up by the promoters for the event. So went for a co- I wasn't going to go. Went for a coffee with them that day. And they kind of coerced me into going. I was like, fine. I got to say, it was a good fucking time. Little mix, little DJ mix of like contemporary Italian, you know, rap, trap, and uh, some classics. Not a lot of the not a lot of the niche rap that I'm into. A lot of Sfere Basta. A lot of, a lot of the classics. I mean, not really classics. I mean, a lot of the shit is new. But what I mean is a lot of the contemporary artists that that are a little bit more known in the mainstream, kind of outside of Italy, uh, a little bit of Capo Plata, none, you know, but but not a lot of, uh, not a lot of like uh, very niche artists. But, you know, still modern, whatever. Felt like something you might get in a club in Italy, I suppose, ish. But I got to say, I was not hot on the idea of fucking being at a club that's going to play L'Italiano by Toto Cotugno, bro. Because I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to go to a fucking, you know, if I'm going to go to dance with a bunch of people of that song, I'm just going to go to a fucking wedding. What am I going to go to a club for that? It feels a little cringe, dude, when that comes on. <sighs> All bets are off. All bets are off. You know. So it was a lot of fun. They played Qua la Dieta by Luca Sole di Notte from the Euro last year. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That song is, uh, that song means a whole lot more now that, un- like, <laughs> That that victory was followed by another apocalypse. So, uh, no, but it was a good time. It was a really good fucking time. Um, gave Mateo a, a little beard lineup beforehand, which was which was interesting. You know, you got to keep it interesting, man. You got to keep it interesting when you fucking uh, when you uh, when you when you go out and you do stuff like that. You got to do little random things that uh, maybe a little extra, right? A little bit unnecessary, but. It's just, it's so random that you don't forget it. You know what I mean? So you make little memories here and there. Oh, remember the time that you cut my hair in a fucking, you know, in a shower? So that was fun. Uh, dude, you, you know, you know, dude, I'm not, so we're not going to play it this week, but um, be, because we're going to play, we're going to play Layla because of Ray Liotta passing away. Rest in peace, man. Uh, you know, I'm not going to watch Goodfellas for a while, actually. I want to wait years before watching it again just to kind of be like thirsty for it again so I can get all welled up and emotional when I see Ray Liotta playing Henry Hill. But um, yeah, passed away last week. We're going to go out to Layla. So we, we won't go out to this other song. But there is this other song, bro, called uh, Ando" by Rove. And it's so fucking good. because And here's what's great about this song, bro. Now, first of all, Rove's great. He's like 18, 19, very new to the scene in Italy. Um, But... And so check him out. It's R H O V E. If you don't know who he is, dude, I, they they fucking played this song in the club. We played it in the pre at the pre drink. What's so incredible about the song is it's a song about nothing. It's Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld in a song. It's basically this guy saying, uh, "I'm out with the boys. 
my mom's worried because I'm fucking, you know, I'm going out a lot. I'm living the high life. But my, don't worry, ma. I'm all good. Some bitch is shaking her ass on me and we're having a great time. That's the song. That's the song. There's no depth to it whatsoever. I, I respect that. I appreciate that. It's all about the audio experience. Beautiful. Perfect. It's not trying to be something it's not. It's amazing. And no depth whatsoever and I'm okay with that. You don't always want depth. You just want a vibe. That song is a vibe. Shake it on though. Uh, so that, that played, yeah, so, so, so it was a great fucking time. It was, you know, long weekend, Victoria Day weekend. Uh, Americans, how was your Memorial Day weekend? Did you guys have a good time? You know what I did for Memorial, for Memorial Day weekend? Get this, okay? Saturday night, my girlfriend and her sister and her sister's boyfriend, she's been with for a while, want to take me out. Normally, I'm taking her out, right? They want to take us out. The boys, they want to take, she wants to take me out. Paolo wants to take me out to a restaurant that I've never been to before. She wants to take us to a Polish restaurant because she heard about, I don't know where the fuck she heard about it, bro. I think it might've been uh, my uh, my brother-in-law, who's not my brother-in-law, but we'll, we'll call him my brother-in-law for simplicity's sake, right? Who uh, who who initiated the, 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 the move, I don't know, whatever. Dude, a Polish restaurant. It's like, I swear to God, I was like the only one who had the foresight to know it was a terrible idea. Going into it, I was like, this feels wrong. Like, this doesn't feel like something that anyone should ever want to do. It feels like something people do when they have no choice. Like, if they're in Poland, and they're starving, and they're going to die, and they have to eat Polish food. <laughs> right? But... You know how women are, right? My girlfriend, her sister, they're like, no, it'll be, don't, don't be negative. It'll be, it'll be delicious. You know, they have, there's this Polish girl I work with. She says, it's great. You know, they have great pierogies, whatever the fuck those are. These like stuffed, dude, she, it's, it's like stuffed cabbage. And I was like, you're not really fucking disproving my point here. You're not really seeing my point. Like, is it safe to say that Eastern Europe and gastronomy don't exactly Go hand in hand. Am I the only one who doesn't think gastronomy when I think of Eastern Europe? How many Michelin stars are there in the whole of Eastern Europe? Don't come at me with that bullshit about how they're fucking biased toward the French. And It's true they are, but come on. You'd have to think that in the whole of Eastern Europe, there'd be one. Is there one? Is there one that isn't owned by Russian oligarchs or frequented by Russian oligarchs? So... I don't know. That's a real question. It's very easy to check out. I'm not going to do it because now that I'm thinking about it, there has to be one, right? But if there was zero, if there were zero, would it surprise you? Is there a Michelin-starred restaurant anywhere in Poland? Has the Michelin guide ever been there? There's no fucking way. So I'm dreading this right away. And you know, like, you know it's not good when you're going to a restaurant, right? And your first, like, you're only thinking, your only instinct is, okay, order something that I can keep down. You know, you ever look at a menu and you're like, fuck, this looks good. Shit, what do I order? This is the opposite. You're like, I, I can't order anything. What the fuck am I going to do? I, I, <laughs> like, so I had a schnitzel, which is like a smaller, not as good, cotoletta milanese. Not as good because it's not on the bone. It's not as big. But uh, I survived. A little, little, little kraut, a little coleslaw with it or a little cabbage. Not very good, but stomachable. Uh, starving when I left. But like, dude, like, I hear about these pierogies. Like, they're so good. They serve them to us, bro. I had one. I almost I, I, I almost couldn't keep it down. I swallowed it, but I was like, holy fuck. I just pounded a beer. They're good They're good for beer, bro. That's about all they're good for. No wonder they drink so much, bro. 
You fucking drink so much because the only way you could stomach the food. <laughs> it's the only way you could digest the food. So if you have alcohol, there's fucking copious amounts of booze running through your system, making you take shits. That was a thing that happened. You know, but it's fun. It, it was great because we all had a terrible time eating, but we all had a great time together. And then we all agreed to never go to a Polish restaurant again. And that's kind of good too. Again, just memories are memories, right? Whether good or bad. Like that was a fun thing. We were there like together. I'll be, I'll, I'll kind of like, all right, so, so what are we going to do? Like no one really is craving anything. We're all kind of like putting lipstick on a pig here. Oh, it's not bad. You know, like, no, it's not good. Every fucking dish has onions or, or coleslaw in it. That's not good. <laughs> that's not delicious. <laughs> right. You know, but, um, uh, what are you, you, you going to do? What are you going to do? It's, uh, it, it, everyone has their forte, man. You know, everyone has their forte. And, uh, you know, the Eastern Europeans are very good at, 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 at uh, I, I guess, um, breeding fighters, fighters, right? Boxers uh, and, and, and vodka, you know, and, uh, and women that will uh, ruin your life. They're good at all of those things. They're good at all of those things. Food is not one of their fortes. Let's wrap this bitch up. Uh, so again, we're going to be coming at you guys again in a couple of days. We got another, uh, episode dropping, uh, have one banked with a special guest, a recurring guest, um, who we will, uh, no, I'm not going to tease it now. You guys will see when it comes out in a couple of days, probably like on Sunday. Um, and then we'll be back again next week. So bonus episode coming out in a few days. Thanks for your patience. Much love to you all. Congrats to Milan. Uh, in bocca al lupo a tutti noi, tutti gli italiani che stanno guardando sta merda. Fucking hell. Um, but yeah, bear with me, man. Bear with me, man. We're, we're, we're all watching the same shit. Watch the games. Enjoy them. Maybe we'll beat England twice. That would be really fun, you know, in this Nations League campaign. I'll still pull for them. Uh, and, you know, what are we holding out hope here? We holding out hope we make the World Cup again still, like, on a technicality. It's not going to happen, right? But, you know, once in a while, a fucking MMA fighter wins uh, a fight and then he tests positive for, uh, you know, this is what happened a few years ago. They would test positive for a cannabinoid when you couldn't smoke weed. And then, you know, it's a loss on his record and it's a no contest. Maybe that's what we have on our hands here. Bro, before we wrap, speak, <laughs> you guys see, there's there's going to be a UFC card in the month of July in Long Island. Long Island UFC broadcast live on ABC for free. Like, you imagine, what? oh my God, what a fucking crazy event that would be. If I could go to any one event, we're actually going to New York, the lady and I, the lady's taking me to New York for my 25th. I'm very lucky. But that'll be earlier in July born july 2nd and i think this event is like fuck i think it's like late july or like two weeks after and we're gonna miss it that would have been so fucking unreal and here's what i love about it here's what i love about it. so so this is long island in a nutshell right they put brian ortega and yair rodriguez as the fucking headlining <laughs> main event uh on the card i mean because because these are two fucking sluggers right these two light these they're featherweights, but these two like lighter guys, right? These smaller guys who could just fucking hammer and have really good chins, because <laughs> because they because they just want a bunch of fucking drunk fucking Long Island people, bunch of fucking bunch of fucking wop scumbags and, <laughs> and, and, and drunk Irish Catholics to go to this fucking event on Long Island and just watch people fucking rail on each other. Yeah, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's see a fight. You know. They don't want any fucking ground and pound. They don't want any jujitsu. They don't want any of that shit. They want it on the feet at all times. They don't want any kickboxing. They just want fucking guys to throw bombs. 
So, uh, no, that'll be unreal. That'll be a really good fucking card. I'm looking forward to that a lot. But, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. The fucking Long Island card. They put two of the fucking heaviest hitters on the, on the UFC roster who who they just know are going to be electrifying just, just because just because of the crowd that they're going to be performing for and the fact that it's going to be for the wider American audience on ABC. They're just putting, like, guys that are going to fucking duke it out, hopefully for, like, five full rounds. You know what I mean? Uh, just, just go the distance. It's an absolute bloodbath like the last time Rodriguez fought Max Holloway. Um, yeah, anyway. All right. Uh, Cultural Podcast on all platforms. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Follow us at Cultural Podcast. Like our Facebook page. If uh, you're a grandfather, if you're an uncle, you're a nonno, follow follow the Facebook page. Fucking send it to your send it to your grandfather, bro, just for fun. Say uh, it's only for social. It's only for soci- sociopaths. He's gonna say what? It's for socio. It's for socialists. No, no, no. It's for sociopaths. See if he understands. Rest in peace, Ray Liotta. We'll see you in a few days. I love you. Till next time. Ciao.